0: What is going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is scriptwriter Steve. You reach my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Today is August 24th, 2021. It is currently 2 21 a.m. in the morning, and I'm up late working on wedding photos, writing some scripts, answering some emails, answering a lot of emails actually. <laughs> Boy, today was full of drama, and I'm about to get into all of it. So in case you're wondering, today's podcast is going to be a Wedding Wednesday podcast that's happening on a Tuesday because a lot of important things just happened. It just broke this morning, well actually last morning. So I want to get into all of that without any further delay. I'm going to turn this down and uh, start talking about it and also start talking about solutions that you can have or can exercise if you are planning to do your wedding or to carry on with your wedding plans in Hawaii or You can follow my advice or you don't have to follow my advice. Again, it's your wedding. You can do what exactly you want. Uh, First of all, um, the mayor, uh, the Honolulu mayor. So this only affects Oahu weddings. I have no idea what's going to be going on with the other weddings. The other, I mean, other weddings on other islands. This is only pertaining to weddings on Oahu where I live, where I do all my, all my business. So, um, Rick Blangiarian, or some however you say his name, we'll just call him Mayor Rick. Uh, he decided to uh, issue a mandate um, to limit weddings. I guess the size of weddings to twenty five or less people. Um, I had no idea. I did not see this coming. No one, in the, no one in the wedding industry saw this coming. Uh, we thought uh, initially. Uh, the mayor had agreed with the governor to limit social gatherings to 25 or less people, and weddings did not fall uh, under that umbrella of 25 or, or less people because we were not considered a social gathering. We were considered, I guess, uh, a professional event, and a lot of events were actually, um, I guess, they were they were exempt. Concerts, um, luau's, restaurants, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it really didn't affect the wedding the wedding industry, and in fact, initially, if we were just we could have fifty or less guests, and if we had fifty or more guests, then all we would have to do is fill out a mitigation form uh, um, that would uh, tell, uh, I guess, the the state of Hawaii and the governor or and the mayor. That if someone did have COVID in there, that we would have all of the list of the attendees there, so they could do contact tracing right away, and therefore, you know, recommend quarantining or treatment or whatever, you know, just in case we did have a super spreader event. So I understood that part, right? And again, it, you know, I understand that COVID is very dangerous. We have to take it very seriously. Myself, I am, you know, vaccinated. I am vaxxed fully. I took the shot twice, the Pfizer one along with my entire staff. So we're out there being very, very safe. But at the same time, you know, we think that this is a very big, I guess, overreach or overstep uh, by the mayor. And it's really not fair to us. It's really not fair to the couples out there. So what they have now, what the rule is right now, is that you can't have 25 or more people at your wedding um, if it's outdoors. You don't have to social distance outdoors. You don't have to wear masks outdoors, okay? They did not change the rules about that. You just can't have 25 people or more. Now, or attendants, okay? So I, I call them attendants. We'll just call them souls, like how they do on an airplane, 25 or more souls. So why are we not saying guest? Because those 25 people, those 25 souls, include your wedding planner your you know your photographer your minister your wedding singer your floor it could be your florist or your makeup artist that are there at that or at that event you have to count them so the more people the more vendors you have your caterer may come with about 10 people sometimes if you have a big wedding right um you have to count those 10 people so <laughs> if you if you had planned a big wedding You may actually have more people on the catering side than guests at your wedding. It's so stupid. It's really, really stupid, and it doesn't make any sense at all. So I can understand brides and grooms out there who are planning a wedding. You know, who who just were going along with with everything and thinking, okay, you know, you know, we know there there was a limit on social gathering, but we all dodged a bullet there. But now all of a sudden they're cracking down on weddings. Now, why are they cracking down on weddings? Well, there was one event here in Hawaii, just one wedding event, that it just so happened to be that it was a super spreader event, just one, one out of the thousands of weddings that were taking place, one in of the thousands, right? And it was a local wedding. And I guess some of the people there were not vaccinated and uh, they, they tested positive for COVID and it spread throughout the entire family. And unfortunately, one person there, had died one person there had died so no one likes you know for for anyone to die especially for because of of attending a wedding I understand that but still that's one wedding out of the thousands I think there's maybe close to 3,000 or 4,000 weddings that happened since we reopened up I think there's probably over about 5,000 to be honest because every single wedding company including mine has just been busy 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 all right we're not busy as we were before, but we're still busy making up for lost time. Everyone's making up for lost time. Now, you know, where do we go from here? I think that's what we want to know, right? We can all complain about the past, but we have to move forward. So I'm going to, I got to cut to commercial really quick to pay the bills. When I get back, I'm going to talk about what I'm planning to do for the wedding we have on Friday or the list of options that we have, I guess, available to us right now. So, I'm going to get I got to cut to commercial to pay the bills. I'll be right back. Hey, what's going on everyone? It's Scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So, If you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So, my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So that's dream weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out.com. Okay, everyone, I hope you're back from that commercial break. It wasn't too bad, right? You just had to listen to me plug Anchor, then plug my wedding company. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so before I get into this entire solution and what to do for your wedding regarding the new, I guess, mandates our stupid mayor put down, um, first of all, I want to explain to you that when you look at the numbers, at the case count numbers, uh, we are getting, getting uh, I guess, a polluted data pool. All right. At one time, those case numbers only reflected people who tested positive for COVID. But those numbers right there, th- that large case number that you see also includes probable cases. Now, how many probable cases and how many people who are tested positive, we honestly don't know. They're not disclosing that to us. They're not. OK, and that was, that's really, really pisses me off because when you look at the graph it looks as though we have this huge outbreak compared to what we had before and like more than we had before and it's kind of weird because we have more vaccinations right now and yet we have a bigger outbreak right and technically that doesn't make any sense now on top of that deaths are not climbing now there are more people who are dying because those are the unvaccinated people and we'll talk about vaccines in in just a little moment but right now The number that you see. So when you see 800 cases or 700 cases or, or about 1000 cases, a vast majority of those are probable cases. So, um, my, a friend of mine, a friend of mine, uh, who just got quarantined. Okay. He did not test positive for COVID, but he was contacted by a trace, a contact tracer to actually quarantine for 10 days. Now, what happened? He attended a party which another person had attended who was in contact with someone who was COVID positive. That person, by the way, did not test positive for COVID. But everyone at that party, 30 or 40 people, were also considered positive, probable cases. All of a sudden now, 40 people, bam, to that case count. You get what I'm saying? Now, a lot of those people and my friend who took a COVID test because they didn't want to be quarantined tested all negative Yet the contact tracer said, no, you gotta stay quarantined for 10 days. What the hell is going on here? I mean, really, what the hell is going on? Right? So he's pissed. Everyone's at the party's pissed. It says, no one, t- no one who attended the party is symptomatic. The majority of them are all vaccinated. You know, they're, most of them took a test. They're all negative. Why do they still have to be quarantined? Why is their negative test still being counted toward the case count? And it's not just happening toward one, that party. It's happening everywhere, okay? So these numbers are getting inflated almost like artificially. And then they're getting thrown into the original data count. So when you look at that graph, it looks like we have this huge third wave, but that third wave is polluted with probable cases. So what is the true PCR test rate? And all of a sudden they say, oh, we have an 8.7% you know, you know, um, infected rate or, or like a positivity case. Well, if that were true, you know, by the time the Delta variant would have been spread, if we have an eight point something percent, our entire population should already be infected, right? I mean, that's what I learned. With, when you have eight point something populated, eight point four percent positivity rate, you know, the our population is only a little over a million people. Everyone should be infected within a month, but no, that's not happening. That's not happening. I know a lot of people who are not infected myself, including myself. Now maybe I may have gotten COVID, but you know, I'm vaccinated. I came down with a little runny nose and I had a little headache, but maybe it was just allergies. I don't know. You know, that was just a few days ago. I took some Sudafed, I took some it could have been the common cold. You know, Zyrtec wasn't working, but I didn't I did not get get tested. I did have a headache, but I did hear that, you know, maybe maybe um, when you're vaccinated, it, the, the symptoms are very, 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 very low a lot of times. Now, I would tell you this. My makeup artist did get what COVID. Okay, so she's currently quarantined. She actually got COVID. So Delta variant is very contagious. It is spreading. But at the same time, she is on her way to recovery. Right? And she'll be ready to go by next week. What is going on, people? Just really, really what is going on? And right now they're pushing the vaccination on everyone. And again, I, like I told you, I agree. You know, many people should get vaccinated. There is a group of people who should get vaccinated. And there's also a group of people who should not get vaccinated. Even though Pfizer, you know, have, is now fully approved, I still don't believe every, I still believe everyone's medicine should be individually, you know. It's up to the doctor and that their patient, that person, should be in charge of their own health, right? And I don't believe, you know, you should have like your 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 liberties should be, you know, given to you. Your constitutional liberties should be doled out to you based upon whether or not you took an experimental medication or not. It was my choice to put this experimental medication into my body. I have friends who had some very bad side effects. One of my friends have muscle spasms. Until this very day, they still have muscle spasms. Another friend of mine who, has, who was shot at a wedding, his close friend, who's a fireman, had Bell's palsy. Half of his face looked as though he had a stroke. So he had to do his wedding with half of his face hanging off of his bones. That's from the vaccine. Right after he took the first jab, his face looked as though it had a stroke. So don't tell me, you know, this thing is like working for everyone. I was one of the lucky ones. Some other people, they just have, you know, they win the wrong lottery. You know, they don't win the McDonald's lottery. They don't, they don't win the Powerball. They win the lottery that you're going to get the bad side effects from this COVID, va- COVID vaccine. And I'm sorry, sucks to be you. But man, it is, it is like, you know, you are, it is a roll of the dice. Odds are you may not have side effects. But there's a good, there's a small chance you may. And if people don't want to take that small chance, shouldn't that be their right? If they want to play ball and say, hey, I would rather get COVID or the Delta variant than get the vaccine, that's their business, right? All right, people. So let's get on moving to like, what am I going to do for the wedding that's happening this week, Friday? So this week, Friday is a small wedding. Uh, we have about 37 people coming to the wedding. Unfortunately, that is above the 25 limit, you know, the, the, the 25 attendant attendance guest limit, right? Or not really guest limit, the 25 attendance limit. So there are a couple of plans on top of the table and they're all following the rules. Uh, my plan that I floated out there, now we have yet to decide what the bride is gonna decide on, okay? And she may be listening to this podcast, I really apologize if we're disclosing this to everyone, but I think this is helpful to all the brides out there. But one of the plans that we're floating out there is to do two wedding ceremonies. So in one wedding ceremony, we're going to have the first one, we're going to keep the bride and gr- the, the bridal party all the same, and we're going to have one guest out, the, the, uh, I guess one group of guests, which is 25, uh, uh, I guess 20, 20 people or 19 people or whatever we can have there. We're going to do the wedding, and then they're going to shuffle out to the parking lot and the new group will shuffle back shuffle in and then we we'll do the second wedding simple as that so we'll do two weddings at the same location two ceremonies at the same location one for each set of guests and it's maybe about one will probably have 15 and one will probably have about have about a little over 14 or something like that we have you still have to figure it out but we're going to keep the bridal party all the same and uh, for the second wedding ceremony we're going to we're not going to have any photography or, or no video and um, and, and it should go it should go by just as well now just to let you know uh, we have done weddings like this before where there's actually two wedding ceremonies in certain cultures like say for example in the thai culture uh there are two wedding ceremonies uh sometimes like uh, we've for we we had two ceremonies one time we had a muslim and a christian wedding at one time because they want and they had both had one was actually done on the beach and one was done at the mosque so we, we, we've done these things where there's actually two wedding ceremonies. It's not uncommon. You know, having two to two, uh, back to back, uh, kind of like a Broadway play <laughs> is that this is the first for us, but it's not our first to have two ceremonies on, on a single day with the same couple because a lot of couples, they have all different traditions out there. So, so especially if they're from Asian countries, you know, a lot of times we'll do an Asian, a cultural Asian wedding of some sort, like in Thailand, there'll be a lot of different cultural stuff going on there, and then afterwards we'll do the regular Christian ceremony. So, you know, that's what I floated out there, and that may be an option. They're thinking about that. Another option is that uh, the luau, because everyone there is gonna be attending the luau right after, and the wedding is taking place on the luau grounds, they're thinking that this may fall under the jurisdiction of, of their restaurant. So if they fall under the jurisdiction of their restaurant, they are still, this will still be legal to go on because this is a restaurant activity, not actually a wedding event. It's a wedding event happening on restaurant grounds. And all of them are still dining at the luau. So it doesn't make any sense. Legally, this does not make any sense to, to split them apart. It does not follow the science whatsoever. Because if we have two guests, right, two two sets of like, say, say 15, right, around around, around 15, and then all of a sudden, they, they just they walk 20 feet to the right and just congregate at the Luau. What did we do to stop COVID? Because if someone has COVID in that group, well, we have ourselves a super spreader event either way, correct? It doesn't make any sense, people. You know the odds of a super spreader event happening during, a, um, I guess, during um, a wedding is very, very low. Because first of all, most of you who are coming down, you guys are all vaccinated. Number two, you guys are probably have the PCR. You have to have the PCR. If you're not vaccinated, you have to have the PCR test before you hop on the plane. So you're coming down with the negative test or you're vaccinated. So, you know, the odds are of a super spreader event... It's very, very low. And I know the majority of you are vaccinated because you just don't want to put up with that BS of this PCR test because that's very hard to time. It's extremely hard to time. So, you know, it's destination weddings, you know, I think should even get an exemption, especially if the couples and all of their guests are vaccinated. I really do. I really, really do. There has to be some rules. There has to be something that the government can give us right? There's something. And I'll tell you what, if they don't give anything to us, if they don't give, all right, the wedding industry is going to die. Now my, my wedding, my wedding company may not die because, you know, maybe about 10, 15 years ago, I made a decision that I'm just going to focus on small weddings. You know, I've been in this industry for like 20 plus years, yeah, you know, I'm 44 going on 45 right now. And, you know, I've been, this is what I've been doing for a lo- very long time. And I'm just doing smaller and smaller weddings. I just focus mostly, most of the time on people who elope. I've already done the big gala weddings, right? <laughs> you know, so it doesn't make a difference to me, you know, you know but uh, so most, for the most part, my couples won't be affected because they're just eloping. Not at all. They I mean, they don't have to worry about it. Even this week's wedding, you know, 37 people, that's a small wedding. You know, I am, I haven't done a a wedding where there's about 500 or 1,000 people. I haven't done one of those in a long time, a really, really, really long time, where there's like about 20, you know, 20 bridesmaids and 20 groomsmen. These Filipino weddings, oh my God, they're huge. (laughs) They're really, really big. But um, no, I have never done a wedding like that for like, you know, almost like 15 years. But um, right now, Here's my recommendation to you. You can do what I, what we're doing. Do two ceremonies, okay? Don't give a pope. Um, or here's, here's another thing, which they can't stop you, by the way. If you do your wedding at the beach, they can't tell you how many people can come to your wedding. They can't. Now, legally, even on the permit, you can only have the wedding permit, the, the, the quote unquote beach wedding permit, which is not really a beach wedding permit. We'll get into that later one day. But you can only have 25 people there per permit, okay? Now, why do they say that? It's because the permit actually limits liability from the government. Now, here's the thing. Here's the catch 22. The beach is actually public. And when you have a wedding on the beach, you can't kick tourists out you know of the shot you just can't and if you do you run into trouble you just can't do that it's a public beach the state and city they don't actually own it they make that very clear when somebody drowns at the beach or gets cut on coral or gets cut on glass at the beach the city and county says whoa 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 we don't own the beach that's public property and it's true this is why celebrities can take, you know, the paparazzi can, can take pictures of celebrities who, uh, you know, decide to go swimming there. That's what they do. It's, it's equivalent to like having a sidewalk. And that's why a lot of times when the homeless people, you see a lot of homeless people, they're camping on the beach, not in the park, on the beach, and the police cannot do anything to kick them out because it's public, all right? Now, if there's a homeless person in the place where you wanna do the wedding, you can't kick them out. The police can't kick them out, you can't kick them out. All right? Now what does this have to do with your wedding? If you have five guests there, right, you can't kick them out either. No one can kick them out. So if your guests just show up, and you have 15 or 15 more people or 20 more people show up at the beach on top of your legal 25 people over there or 20 people over there, and they're just tourists showing up at the beach, well, there's nothing that they can do because they're there as a tourist on the beach and your wedding just happens to be there. That's how you get away with it. And that's illegal. That's 100% legal. Because again, they're just tourists. They're beachgoers. They're just going there, right? (laughs) They can't do anything they're just beach you, they can't stop them from from showing up at the beach it's their right to show up at the beach in fact a tourist can actually show up to your wedding and watch you get married on the beach and we've had that before where tourists will show up on the side and actually you know look at the wedding even locals will show up at the side and look at look at the wedding and you really can't do anything to kick them out now most locals and tourists they do they do respect your you know your your privacy right so they won't really come that close, but there's nothing stopping them from walking straight up and actually taking a seat on your place because that's a public beach. You're not renting that out with your beach permit. Not at all. In fact, the beach permit just says you have a right to enter. That's all it does. It, doesn't, it says you cannot kick anyone out. It doesn't even say you can or cannot get married there. No mention of that. So that's what you can do if you have a beach wedding. You're, you you can just basically tell your guests, show up there, and the state, the city, they cannot do anything. And that's why this weekend, this past week, I just did a wedding over at, actually this week, we just did a wedding, um, this week, Sunday, we did a wedding over at Magic Island. Now, there was already a cap on 25 people or less of social gatherings, okay? But we saw birthdays going on, parties going on, locals partying it up way more than 25 people at their party, way, way more. And there was absolutely nothing the state of Hawaii or even the, the police could actually do with it because they're just showing up, you know, you know, the guests are just showing up at the beach and then they'll jump in the water and then they'll go eat over there under the tent and they'll go jump in the water again. And it's just, the whole park was just filled with locals. And there was more than 25 people at every single tent, you, you know? So they couldn't do it and the cops were all there. They weren't handing out citations. There's nothing they could do. Absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing. So that's another thing you can do. If you're having your wedding, make sure if it's on an outdoor beach, you may be able to get away with it. In fact, I know 100% you can get away with it legally, 100%. So so those are other options. And if your venue class is a restaurant It could classify your your event under under restaurant rules. Therefore, you may also be able to get away with it. Okay. And I'm hoping, I'm just praying, that this stupid mayor grows a brain and realizes he's actually targeting an industry unfairly. I'm not sure why he's doing that. Okay. I, I voted for this idiot, hoping that he was more... Pro business than any other mayor, and he was a lot better than the than the other guy running against him, but both of them were pretty much idiots, but this was the you know the lesser of the evil. I think the other guy would have done the same thing i 'll be quite honest with you because they're both they 're both dumb you know they 're both really, really, really dumb but you know <laughs> i 'll be honest with you, this is so limiting of social gathering it 's just stupid to me because what 's happening? You know, right before, uh, earlier today, I went shopping at Costco. And over there in the meat department, I'm rubbing elbows with very, in very close proximity with more than 25 people there. I can tell you that for sure. So, they're not limiting my, you know, the people who congregate in Costco or Walmart or Target or any of these other stores. You know, I've been into GameStop just recently. They're not limiting the people in there. There was a lot of people inside there. Okay, we all had to wear masks, but then, you know, again, you know, it could easily turn into a super spreader event, easily, especially with COVID. And I don't like this other narrative that they keep saying, well, wear your mask because it works. Wear your mask because it helps, you know, stop spread by 20%. They have absolutely no proof that it actually does that. No proof whatsoever. I would like to see the scientific study that says that. You know when you ever you hear st- statistics you know show up in science reports right in probabilities, that means they actually don't know they really don't know. Could you imagine if you if you actually went over to a mechanic and your mechanic says, "Well, you asked him well what's wrong with my car?" He says, "Well, if I fix this, I think it would twenty i'm twenty percent positive it may work it may actually make your car run. Is that good?" Would you hop on a plane where the, the airplane mechanic says, well, I'm pretty sure if I fix this, that there's a 20% chance it'll fly. That's not how it works. When you're into engineer engineering, you have to talk in absolutes. Why do masks effectively stop COVID? Why is it that when I wear my surgical mask and I walk into the bathroom, I can still smell people pooping and farting. And we know for a fact that those particles are a lot larger than COVID right? And the guy's pooping in there. I'm, I'm way past six feet. I'm not even going close to the guy's bathroom the toilet. I'm maybe about a good 20 feet away from him. And when that guy is like, you know, punishing that toilet, dude, I can smell his poop. And you know, those are little poop particles going out above the bathroom stall and then going into my nose through my surgical mask. You think about that. And all of a sudden you tell me that COVID, it'll stop COVID, but it it can't stop poop? Really? I mean, that's That's more science than I need, correct? And this whole N95 mask thing is a bunch of baloney too. Any of you folks out there who've actually remodeled a house, you guys all own houses, I'm sure you're, you know, do-it-yourself type of people out there, have worn those N95s way before COVID, and you're out there spraying your drywall paint and all that, you take off that mask, and what do you have? You have paint all around your mouth, right? Because the paint particles went through the N95. It's not hundred percent. It's not even close to hundred percent. Not even close. COVID. Let's not forget that COVID escaped a level four lab. All right, people. It escaped a level four lab. Those were. That's when people were so those space suits to go work on COVID. So. They were working on this coronavirus in spacesuits and it still escaped that lab. That's how contagious this is, right? So why do we think that if we social distance six feet and wear, wear a surgical mask, it's gonna do anything? You know that in, in order for masks to work properly, and they do work properly under the right circumstances, First of all, you have to have an N95. It has to be for one use only. And after that, you have to dispose of it after coming into contact with some, with someone who's infected. So for example, if a doctor shows up to you and you're, and you're infected with COVID, he's wearing, he's wearing the N95 and the face shirt and the PPE. Right after he comes in contact to, with you, he has to throw that all away. That's the way it should work. Now, do we throw away all, all of our masks, our cloth masks? Absolutely not. We were, where do we put it? We put it inside our pocket. We hang it up on our, our wall like that. How often do you actually wash it? Is it one use? No, you maybe even if you wash it every single day, that doesn't work, people. It has to be after one use after you come into contact with one person with COVID. So that's why. And, and I'll tell you what, the CDC made a mistake and released a, a, a stat out there saying that 98% of the people out there who wore masks were infected with COVID. Here's one stat you don't hear. How many people who were infected were wearing masks? They don't tell you that right out. And when you ask them that, right, they won't say. Because if they tell you the truth, they'd say the majority of people who were infected were wearing masks. Then they'll actually say, well, wait a minute. People may say masks don't work. And the truth is masks really don't work when you throw into the factors of human behavior into there. If you have COVID on top of the mask and you touch your mask, you have COVID on your hand and now you're going to put your hand on your pocket, on your steering wheel, and you're going to touch your nose and face, now you have COVID in your nose. <laughs> oh, boy, people, 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 people. I know I'm going off on a tangent, but I just want to tell you about all this. I already stopped talking about the weddings. All right. We're already done with the weddings things. But I'm going to educate you on stuff about COVID and all these vaccines, too. And you're probably wondering, how do I know so much about this stuff? It's because I'm a research nut. You know what? Um, for those of you who are just tuning in, I introduced myself as scriptwriter Steve. You know me as on the wedding forum as a wedding planner, but I am originally a screenwriter who worked for the, uh, the entertainment industry. Now I transitioned into the wedding industry, but I applied everything I learned in cinema to weddings right now, and I'm still heavily involved right now because of COVID back into the entertainment industry. So I will be back working in the entertainment industry, and more so now I think because I think that there's going to be a, a big dip in my business. All right, so I'm out there. You know, I'm, I do my podcasting. I'm working for another podcast company, and I may I may be penning a movie in a very short time you know who knows what's on the future and all that but i am definitely i'm still a scriptwriter and i have my own stuff that i'm working on too so as a screenwriter okay as a scriptwriter my wheelhouse is fiction all right so i don't like it right now cuz how when i can identify in science fictional plot holes because one of your one of your duties as a scriptwriter is to look at first drafts of scripts, look at all the plot holes, and try to fill them and explain them. The reason why movies are so, are so crappy these, these days because are because you're looking at first draft movies. They actually write the movie on the set. But what happens in TV shows and cartoons, they keep rewriting it, rewriting it, rewriting it, rewriting all the plot holes, and that's why cartoons and video games and sometimes TV shows have a lot less plot holes and are a lot more enjoyable to watch. They're a lot tighter written, okay? now. What you're seeing now in science these days are first draft scripts. So they're out there telling you narratives which have a lot of holes in them. And what is one of the major holes right now is that they told us (laughs) a lie. They told us a big plot hole. Because what's happening now is they're saying that, wow, even they told us that if you get the vaccine, you won't get infected. That is a total BS lie. They said, oh, you will not never get infected. You'll never test positive for COVID. That's not how vaccines work. Absolutely. All the research that I've done, and I've talked about this in my other podcast, that's not how vaccines work. It's never worked that way. Why would these work this way? The mRNA or the regular one, okay? So you're all fed a lie. Now, these quote-unquote breakthrough cases, that's just normal. That's absolutely normal. We all know that, you know, if you took the flu shot, it would, it would never prevent you from getting the flu. You know, it, it would just prevent you from getting a, a worse case of the flu, okay? So how do vaccines work? Okay, just stick with me on this. Don't tune out. Vaccines work like this, okay? You, you get a shot in your arm and your body creates an immune response and then you have antibodies that go into your blood. Blood, B-L-O-O-D, all right? That's where your antibodies are all floating around in your blood. Now, what is coronavirus? What is COVID, right? Well, COVID is a respiratory illness primarily. Now, it's a little bit of both, you know, but primarily it gets, it goes through your nose or you you inhale it or you get it through your eyeball or something like that, right? But primarily, it cannot go through your skin. It can go through your nose and that's where it it primarily primarily is and that's why we do the PCR test. Well, there's no antibodies inside your nose or your respiratory tract because the vaccine did not produce antibodies inside your nose or your respiratory tract. There's no antibodies there. So if you suck up some good old Delta virus into your nose, oh, surprise, surprise, you get, you're gonna get COVID, you're gonna test positive for COVID. So what good is a vaccine if you have those antibodies in your blood? Well, what happens eventually is that the coronavirus goes in through the ACE2 receptors and then it starts going to other organs and getting into your bloodstream. When it gets into your bloodstream, ooh, that's bad. So because then it can go to everywhere. It can go to your brain, it can go to your muscles, it can go to your, you know, it, it, everywhere, your heart, everywhere. It can, You know, so people were like complaining about brain fog, heart problems, you know, um, their lungs and everything. They were complaining about that. So, what does the vaccine do? It stops you from getting ultra sick. That's what it does. So you come, so you're still going to get, you're still going to get a runny nose and everything, but your organs are not going to fail. And that's what really kills people when they get COVID, your organ failure. That's what they're doing. Their lungs are failing them. That's because their COVID is literally eating them and killing, killing the body, especially the first, the first variant of COVID, the ones that broke out in Wuhan. They were very, very deadly, much more deadly than they are now. But, and so that's what's happening right now. So don't think for, for a second that this Delta variant or or this these vaccines don't work, okay? They're working like how they're supposed to. So they're not, you know, the majority of the people, the majority of the people who are in the hospitals right now are the unvaccinated. I have some friends who got breakthrough cases. What did they have? A runny nose. They had a slight headache. Same thing which I had a few days ago. Like I was saying, I may have had COVID. This Delta variant—it is really, really contagious, right? So I may have had COVID. I had some other friends who had COVID, right? Um, And they—they they were vaccinated. Of course, you can still get it. It's like I told you—it's in your nose, but it didn't go into my blood. All right, it didn't. It did when it went into my blood. Oh, they said, "Oh my God, it's in my—it's in Steve's blood. It has antibodies, and it's going to get neutralized." Now, for myself, I also have. Another layer of protection, by the way. So I take quercetin and zinc. So what is quercetin? Quercetin is an ionophore, very much like hydroxychloroquine. Yes, that drug that Donald Trump was pushing, which, by the way, the NIH came out and said that if you administer hydroxychloroquine early, it is proven to keep people out of the hospital. But it has to be administered early and with zinc. Okay? Okay early and with zinc now quercetin is a natural form a natural ionophore hydroxychloroquine is a very powerful ionophore much more powerful than quercetin but i take quercetin every single day so what does it do it cracks open the covid virus and it pushes allows it to absorb zinc now before covid quercetin and zinc was used to to fight the common day code by the way and it did it very effectively now, how effectively did it do it? I'm going to tell you this, this story. Those of you who listen, listen to my podcast before, you're going to hear the same story, but I'm going to, these are for all my wedding couples who just tuned in because I think every single of you out there who travel and you're already vaccinated, you should still be on quercetin and zinc every single day. All right, now, first of all, how did I get this information? I belong to a closed Facebook group. Actually, it's, I think it's gone now um, because it got dis, uh, demolished by Facebook but there are frontline doctors out there and they put all their staff on quercetin and zinc. These are the guys who fight COVID every single day and treat COVID every single day. And none of their staff, from the time I stopped talking to them, to themselves, had gotten infected with COVID. They see COVID patients every single day and they never got infected with COVID. How do you like that? Now, here's my personal story. My grandmother has Alzheimer's disease, right? It's it's pretty good some days, some, some days really bad. My aunt and my mother take care, of, take care of her. They switch places, and also my, my, um, my uncle did. But, but during this time, it was just my aunt and my mother. And then they have a caretaker that also takes, also takes some shifts. This caretaker, she was an asymptomatic super spreader. So she got COVID. She gave it to her kids. She gave it to her ailing elderly husband. <laughs> and she kept giving it to her church. And everyone. And then she was also taking care of my grandmother, who was Alzheimer's. And then she was also in contact with my mom and also my aunt. Well, it just so happened to be that I, I had all of them my aunt, my mom, and my grandmother all on Quercetin. So the contact tracer comes over, you know, and <laughs> tests my grandmother, no COVID. Test everyone else, no COVID. They don't know. Like, my mom didn't give COVID to us. Like, I saw my mom. I saw my dad didn't get COVID. We're all on quercetin and zinc. The, the the contact tracer says, "What the hell's going on? The super spreader, all of a sudden, it just stopped at your place. That doesn't make any sense." I said, "What are you guys doing?" I said, "Well, we're all on we're all on quercetin and zinc." The super spreader was like, "Well, I got to put myself on that." <laughs> they didn't even know about it. So I'm telling you out there, you can look under the studies. Look under quercetin, zinc, right? Q-U-E-R-C-I-T-I-N, zinc, right? Just quercetin and COVID and and the word studies. And you will find a lot of studies out there that are saying, wait a minute, this this natural stuff, it's all natural. It's not a drug, by the way. (laughs) It's pretty good at fighting COVID. Oh, pretty good at finding the coronavirus, which is COVID, COVID-19. COVID-19 is just another, another, another coronavirus. It's just not, it's just novel to the human body. But it's becoming not novel because our, a lot of people are getting infected, surviving, and learning how to fight it. Their immune system, their body's learning about how to fight this new virus, by the way. So that's really good news. So anyway, if you have the vaccine... Okay, the mRNA virus, the mRNA vaccine, not virus, mRNA, the antibodies, or or, or any of them out there, AstraZeneca, Johnson Johnson. What that does is that that helps neutralize the COVID the COVID virus once it gets into your once it gets into your bloodstream. Okay, when it's in your nose, it can't do anything. Once it gets into your bloodstream, it's going to neutralize it. All right. Here's the thing: what? How does it neutralize it? Well, those little spikes it's known for, that's why they call it corona, it looks like a king, has a, uh, the coronavirus, it latches onto that. And once it latches onto that, it can't penetrate your ACE2 receptor, supposedly. Now the deltas are a little bit different, so the antibodies may have a harder time to hold on to them, but they can still grapple them, right? Not Maybe not all of them. Here's the thing, the virus still stays within your body for about 10 to 14 days until it gets metabolized. And during that time, those antibodies may actually fall off the Delta variant. It may. If you have quercetin and zinc in there, while that while that um, that virus is getting neutralized, the quercetin and zinc will be killing it. You understand? So now you have two layers. Now you have something that kills the virus and something that neutralizes it. That's why I said take the quercetin and zinc, even though you have you actually have the um, the vaccine, because now you have two layers of, of um, protection. The third layer I have for myself, in case you're just wondering, I have some doctors out there who prescribe me um, uh, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, and I have that on, uh, on my shelf, just in case I do get infected with a really bad thing, I can take it as soon as I test positive, and that's if my, my antibodies fail and the quercetin fails. So there's three layers of protection, right? You always have to always be careful. like I told you, I take this very serious. I don't think it's something fake out there. But at the same time, I don't think we should be, you know, panicking and saying social distance, wear a mask and all those different types of things. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. It's just a matter of how severe you're going to get it, right? And I feel that we have to learn how to live with it for now and be very positive about it. You know, don't panic, be fearful, you know, don't try to like segregate our, 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 our friends and family who, who feel that they don't need to get vaccinated. Educate them, all right? Educate them on everything. And if they don't want to take the vaccine, well, introduce, you know, quercetin to them, introduce hydroxychloroquine to them, introduce ivermectin and all those other, other things, right? All right, people, I'm going to be signing off for now. Keep positive about your wedding. Um, I do feel that this Delta variant will go up and then it's going to disappear because again, it's going to infect everyone. Then, then everyone's going to build immunity and it's going to go down. Um, we're probably going to be like the UK where deaths will, will not follow the high infections. In fact, right now, it's not even doing that right now here in Hawaii. We have a lot of infections, right? And a lot of people are being hospitalized, but a lot of people are not dying. The people who are being hospitalized are young people. They're in their late 30s or early 40s. They can make it through this. They really can. And a lot of them are just being hospitalized just because they have to be put on this Regeneron drip. So the you know the Regeneron drip is, you can't just go home and, t- well, in the mainland, you can go home and take it. You can't take it just, you know, over here. It's not that, you know, widely given here just yet. So anyway, that's it, people. I am signing off now. Keep positive, you know, don't give up on your wedding. If you have to do two wedding ceremonies, do it. If you have to move it to the beach, do it. You know, if you have to break the rules, you got my permission. I'm not going to call the I'm not going to call the cops on you. I'll talk to you later. All right, everyone. That's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for bbq two movies that's bbq t-o movies yeah the t-o is not the number two by the way it is t-o like terrell owens so that's bbq two movies catch you around